Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Today we move on Movies First. Well, we move offshore, I should say, on Movies First. Uh, We go to a movie starring Mark Wahlberg. And if I'm remembering correctly, it has been directed by the man who brought us Friday Night Lights on the big screen. And possibly even the little screen. Alex, first, greetings to you. Tell us about Deepwater Horizon. Well, before I do so, it is episode 52. Now, because you forgot episode 50 and there wasn't much fanfare, not that I'm reminding you about that at all. We, we did this in episode 51, but, yeah, please, pray, pray do continue. No, 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 there's a, there's a method to the madness. Of course Just, there is. Hear me out. I have special significance to the number 52 or the number 52 has special significance for me because my entire childhood was brought up in number 52. So whenever I hear it, I get sort of warm and fuzzy. So I'm just, I'm just recognizing the home that I used to have. Isn't that nice? I guess. (laughs) You you who don't like pets, buy a rock with glasses on or something just to sort of make you feel warm and fuzzy. Why would you relate to my former Way of being my childhood. All right. Yeah, I'm, pretty much. You know, I'm not a sentimentalist on some things. There you go. Clearly not. Mm. Deepwater, <laughs> Deepwater Horizon is 107 minutes in length and it is rated M in Australia. On April the 20th, 2010, one of the world's largest man-made disasters occurred on the Deepwater Horizon. That is an ultra-deep water drilling rig off the Louisiana coast in the Gulf of Mexico. Hence the name. Hence the name, that's right. And this is the story of some of the 126 crew members working aboard the Deepwater Horizon that day, caught in the most harrowing of circumstances. Mark Wilberg, I, I really like him as an actor. Do you? I do. I think he's shown, shown remarkable versatility over his career. Yeah. Uh, bear yeah. in mind, he started out, what was he? He was an undie model or something and, and a rap artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, even they can make it big. This is what that proves. And I, I just, he's, he's got integrity to me. He's got, he's real somehow. And look, he takes on the role of real life Transocean Chief Electronics Technician Mike Williams. He's a devoted family man. His loving wife is played in the movie by Kate Hudson. And Mike Williams was overseeing the rig's computers and electrical systems on April the 20th. And that was when everything he imagined could go wrong did. Let's look at oil rig workers. I, I don't think you'd disagree by, if I said they're a notoriously tough and gritty breed of, of individual. Oh, I think they're, uh, they're very much a, 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 a species unto themselves. You know, I think it takes a very particular type of person to be able to do that job. Well, bear in mind that these guys had to be helicoptered out. That's probably not a word, but there you go. Taken by helicopter to the rig, which is in the middle of nowhere. Right, and I mean, you, you go offshore, and then you've only got your 126 colleagues and crew members as companions, and you know, presumably they do this for 
days at a time and then they, they're brought back and, you know, they, they have a few days back on land with their family and then, then it's off again. So the work is physically punishing ultra-high pressure because they grapple with the complex equipment they have to work with. And in this case, with the Deepwater Horizon, that's 20 metres above the remote sea where it's located. Even for Williams, though, what happened that fateful day was unprecedented. Now, Williams knew the work was desperately behind schedule. He was also aware that the Deepwater Horizon had sophisticated defences said to be able to prevent even the worst blowouts. Nevertheless, at 10 that night, volatile methane shot up into the rig and all the defences failed. Right, So that, that's obviously why the whole thing exploded. Yeah, and that's that going to be bad, you know. It is going to be bad, yeah. Fireballs, shattered rig, crew shaken, hurtled, drenched in combustible gas. Hardly my idea of fun. And, and you know, I'm not trying to make light of this because people died, quite a number of people. Now, from that moment on, Williams was in a race to save not only his own skin, but the lives of his crewmates. And as important as Williams was to the story, which does centre around him, so too was the character called Mr Jimmy. That's Jimmy Harrell, played by Kurt Russell. And he plays the offshore installation manager of the Deepwater Horizon. He was the guy in charge of the entire crew, effectively. The villain in this piece is painted as BP. In particular, their Louisiana-based manager, Donald Vidrine, who's also caught up in the mayhem. John Malkovich plays Donald Vidrine. He plays him as an egotistical know-it-all to whom the audience takes an instant dislike. You're, he's, he's a sort of character you feel like booing. Mm. Yeah. Now, the foundation for the screenplay by Matthew Carnahan and Matthew Sand was a New York Times article called Deepwater Horizon's Final Hours, written by David Barstow, David Rode and Stephanie Saul. And that piece was the result of probing interviews with 21 survivors as well as sworn testimony and written statements from others. And that gave the authors a detailed insider's account of what happened. The tension in the movie leading up to the explosion and fire is palpable, Chris. It works away at our psyche. It grinds away at us. And then, boom, it all goes pear-shaped. Unfortunately, notwithstanding that fact, the technical language used, I found a real drag. It almost felt like I was watching a foreign language documentary about a subject I couldn't care less about. It it made my eyes glaze over and I tuned out. Now, I don't doubt the accuracy of what I was hearing and seeing, but I simply wasn't all that involved or interested. Maybe they've just decided to make it a feature film for oil rig workers. <laughs> yes, well, that's the problem with this, because that's not the way it's positioned. I see this as very much a mainstream movie with a mainstream cast trying to attract a general audience. And I'm not sure that you can do that with the technical language. Now, I can argue the other way and sort of say, well, if they tried to dumb it down, then real-life aficionados of this lifestyle would say, well, what are you doing? But it's a movie of the reality. And as such, I want to be turned on rather than turned off. And I, unfortunately, was turned off. Having said that, the backstories, the interplay between the workers is really well executed and involving. Wahlberg really strong as the heroic centrepiece. Russell is also so good as 
his selfless rig leader, the, the guy in charge. And I couldn't imagine a better actor than John Malkovich assuming the BP manager's position. He's slimy, supercilious, and then some. Once Armageddon has come, the panic and frenzy are well captured. It's only the first half hour that I really struggled with. Then later, of particular note, is Wahlberg's return to civilization, distressed and disorientated. Upon his reunion with his family, I actually had tears streaming down my face. So out of all of that, you can gather that it's a mixed bag in the 107 minutes that is Deepwater Horizon. Some of it is deeply absorbing and other parts I found repelling. Questions? Mm. Uh, you talk about this, uh, we, we look at this as, as a, a movie based on a r recent set of events, happened in 2010. Uh, yes. There's a lot of these type of movies around uh, at, at present. Uh, you reviewed Sully for us a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. It was also based on recent events. Compare and contrast very quickly. Sully, I found more engaging, though once again, in that case, some of the backstories, the stories of the passengers, didn't really involve me and I didn't feel were real, whereas I felt we did get an insight into Sully. So again, it wasn't without its issues, but Sully, to me, was a much more complete picture than Deepwater Horizon. I don't think Deepwater Horizon is bad. I, I, my recollection is that I gave Sully around about a seven. In fact, I'll, I'll check that while I'm giving you a score for Deepwater Horizon. But, you know, it's some people may overlook the shortcoming that I could not overlook because it was so long-lasting. You know, the setup took quite some time, and that's the reason that I constantly refer to it. I'm going to give Deepwater Horizon a six and a half out of ten, and I'm still desperately looking for what I gave Sully. My recollection, it was something like a seven. Okay. I don't keep a list of the numbers. <laughs> no, in fact, no, I gave Sully a higher mark. Okay. I gave Sully a seven and a half and pushing, you know, maybe even an eight, but seven and a half. So, yeah, there you go, a full mark below for Deepwater Horizon, but I'm not saying don't see it, just be aware of what you're walking into. Okay, I have one other question. You mm. have Kurt Russell in this, who is, of course, the stepfather of Kate Hudson. Uh, and, uh, in fact, I think Kate Hudson actually regards Kurt Russell as her father, even though he's a stepfather. Yeah. Uh, mm. Does that add to... Are there moments of chemistry between them uh, in the film, or is her interaction more with, with Mark Wahlberg's character? No, no, no. There's virtually no interaction right. between them. So, no, I don't read anything into that okay. other than it happened to be... Well, what, what do we call it? Fateful casting. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Deepwater Horizon uh, on Movies First. We'll have... Uh, what are we doing next? Oh, that's right. We're doing the other big movie that's out at the moment, The Girl on the Train. That'll be the next one here on Movies First. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. From Audioboom comes Covert, a new podcast that delves into the murky world of spies, soldiers, and top-secret military operations. I'm Jamie Rennell, and together we'll discover the real stories of history's greatest classified missions, told by the operatives, soldiers, and journalists who experienced it firsthand. 
Follow Covert on Spotify or subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows.